Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Red Side of the Trent. Before we get started, I wanted to address the false accusations against our own Reese Lane. First of all, we do not condone racism in any given circumstance and Reese supports this notion. Enough people on and off social media who are close enough to Reese know him to be one of the good guys in the Forest fan base travelling up and down the country to watch and support our team and are close enough to know Reese wouldn't dream of saying such things. For the following incidents that provoked any uh, altercation, again, we do not condone fighting, another thing Reese supports. We can all understand emotions run high, especially when the team is struggling. The police are now involved in the matter and we all hope to clear Reese's name. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. This is your review of the Aston Villa game. I'm your host, Adam Whitclow. I am joined by Lee Clark and Christian Brown. Obviously, Forrest defeat again. Sixth on the road, I believe that is now. And we are now third to bottom in the league on goal difference. Uh, level on points with Everton on 27 points. As results went out against us, unfortunately, yesterday. Um. A game that didn't really offer too much, in in all honesty. It was quite a boring one. I'm going to start with you, Lee Clark. Uh, formation change, I would say it was a... I mean, we can, we can all debate what it was. It was a 3-1-1 or a free... I don't bloody know what it was. But Warrell, Shelby and Kiate came in for Oro Mangala, Froiler and Dennis. What did you make of the change? Was you supportive of it? What did you, What did you think of it when you first saw it anyway? I think it was very much... Um, a change to basically do what we did against Brighton, I think, um, to kind of shit out a nil-nil, to be honest. Um, I wasn't overly bothered by it. I thought it was a... We, we had to do something, I think. Uh, he had to change something. I was a little bit disappointed to see Mangala come out. Um, I thought he was one of our better players on Tuesday night at Leeds. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he had to do something. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but... I just think that whenever Shelby plays, we seem to play worse. Um, 
So I was a little bit anxious about that. But um, but yeah, I mean, he had to he had to do something. And I've said on this podcast before that going back to the three at the back system wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I can't really call him for that. Um, and I thought for 45 minutes, it did actually work really well. Mm. Um, we kind of, we were getting what we went to get there. Um, we, 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 went, we went for a nil-nil, let's face it. We, we can't dress that up uh, in any other way. We went to keep it tight, keep a clean sheet and get a, a, what would have proved to be a vital point on the board. But um, like I say, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the incidents, but uh, it just wasn't to be, was it? No, I mean, Christian uh, Lee, Lee kind of anchors into a brilliant point there. We went up to set up to be difficult to beat. And I thought we were really solid for the first 45 minutes. I mean, Villa had maybe one half chance, two, if you want to call that flash across goal from Ollie Watkins early on. But Forrest looked like we were quite lively on the counter-attack, had plenty of corners, plenty of kind of near chances, if you want to call it. I mean, Gibbs White with an air shot, Johnson also maybe had something before it broke out to Kiate for a chance. How did you find the shape as well? Because I thought we were we were quite good. The, the atmosphere was so subdued at Aston Villa. You would never have thought they were a team vying for a European spot because it was dead. It was like a friendly training game, you could say, or an exhibition. Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were as well. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. It did sound a bit flat, didn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's just really, really frustrating because... I felt that first half we were good. Like I thought that in terms of sticking to a game plan, we looked. Bear in mind again that you know we keep hearing about all this. Like if you think that the second half, you know the game just gone, where we just looked all at sea. Lee second half when it's completely like in disarray. Like they didn't even know like, each other's names, etc. And you look at the organization against Villa, like they looked so well drilled Forrest. We looked very, like, very difficult to break down. We looked regimented. We looked set. We looked like, you know, we, we were more than happy for Villa to have the ball like around the centre circle line. They weren't really doing hurting us. They were, they couldn't find a way through. Obviously, Leon Bailey goes off injured fairly early in the game as well. So that takes away a massive part of their threat. And you're thinking, you know, if we keep this up, we're going to be in good shape here. We're looking like we're looking all right. And as you say, we look good in the counter, you know, but for an air shot from Gibbs White and that probably tests Martinez at the very least. We we had like little snippets where we could break down the right. You know, obviously I've given him a lot of flat this season, but I felt that Williams carrying the ball forward, especially in the first half, actually looked semi competent, which is something that you know we've not really been used to seeing from him this season. And we actually looked like you know a side that could actually you know cause a bit of an upset if you like, and sort of like nick one against the counter and just you know, frustrate the home side. So in terms of how we approached the game, I thought you know it was fine. Something had to change. We had to change something um, because you know it was evident that especially away from home, that the three in midfields like, on their own wasn't really working. So, obviously, if you look at the second half against Wolves, I know obviously we got very harshly undone by that sort of deflected goal, but we we played that shape against Wolves second half and we looked good because, again, we just lacked a clinical edge that day, but we had about two or three opportunities playing in that shape that caused us to get up the pitch. So, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And obviously, again, we'll probably talk about it I imagine in a minute, but like, uh, uh, yeah, well, I let you lead. I just fucking on just, the floor somewhere after that. I just, I just wanted to still stick with you though. Do you think Cooper's maybe wanted to go back to the three at the back system and kind of has had his hands tied behind his back because of the injuries? He, he maybe didn't go to it because we didn't have a fourth centre back to put on the bench, if you know what I mean. So, 
we could we couldn't really risk playing a three in case someone got injured, even though you could go to a two quite comfortably. If if that makes any sense, do you do you understand? Uh, yeah, I kind of think mean, although it's a bit different because obviously this you know, on the midfield three was what was Danilo, Kuyate, and Shelby, wasn't it? I mean, where am I in last season? One of those midfield three was a number ten in Zinkenagel, for example, mm. or uh, earlier on this season it would have been Lingard or Gibbs White, but obviously Gibbs White plays a striker yesterday, so it, I don't think it's quite the shape that he would have had last season for example but he obviously feels there's some versatility there and to be fair he's right and that showed in the first half as well I mean like we looked again it obviously transitioned very quickly into like a five in midfield when we pushed forwards and it was a five at the back with you know it was like a brick wall for Villa they really they struggled to get through that and that's it's something they have done all season under Emery like as good as they've been now you have to remember they lost to Villa at home. They drew with West Ham and Wolves at home. They lost to Stevenage at home in the cup. And all teams played with a very similar pattern. They came in, they sat in, they frustrated, they hit Villa on the counter. Mm. And, you know, like I said to you guys earlier on the week, like Emery reminds me a bit of, oh, he, well, he's a significantly better version of Sabri Lamucci in the sense that, you know, they're very, very good away Villa. But at home is where they'll be susceptible because, you know, they're, they're not used to having that much of the ball. And obviously, it's working for them. You know, when you look at their away wins, they've been great on the road. But mm. it's at home where they've been faltering. And, yeah, it's just frustrating because I felt we had a perfect opportunity yesterday to really exploit that. We had a very good game plan. And one fucking stupid mistake has completely cost us. <laughs> I mean, you put it lightly. Um, Lee, Morgan Gibbs-White, I thought, was instrumental into a lot of things we did well yesterday. He, I, don't say, I wouldn't say he played, like, side-by-side side with Johnson up top, but was very much like in in the whole floating kind of getting on the ball on the half turn and and, and finding good passes I thought but his corner taking is absolutely atrocious what what why does he take corners for us cuz none of them work and if they are going to go to the front post I've not seen anyone run there in my entire in my entire life this season yeah, I'm convinced at this stage that Morgan Gibbs White's got it written into his contract that he has to put his first corner of every game onto the head of the bloke stood at the front post. And, and, the, and, the, sec- and the following two or it's three. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. We said that yesterday when we were watching it. Obviously, I, I wasn't at Villa Park yesterday, but uh, we were watching it on the telly and I, I just don't get it. It's, like you say, there's not, even a, there's not one of our players at the front post. So, I mean, for such a good player, his corners are horrific. Um I don't know. It's um, it's one of them things. I, I, I just don't get it. I, it. I think it just our corner taking at the minute it just epitomizes where we are as a team at the moment. We just it's it's, it's just calamitous, isn't it? It's um, we must yeah. be the lowest goal scorers from we, set pieces. We must be. We must be. I mean, they're not they're not great at all. I mean, he had a little spell, didn't he, uh, in the middle of the season where we scored a couple from corners. I think, but. Uh, but yeah, the, it's it's strange. You the first corner of every game, you can almost right. This will go on the front. This will go to the head of the man on the front post, and it does every time. It's 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 very strange, and I I can't even I can't give a reason for it. I don't get it. And, pe- just... and people last see well in 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 the summer, obviously, were saying that James Garner's corners weren't that great. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it's. Um, it's certainly something we've got to address. I mean, we're in April now. We're approaching the middle of April and our corners have been shambolic all season, to be fair. Yeah, and and general set pieces. But I, I want to stick with you for the next point, Lee, because I want to talk about Anthony Taylor and his performance, to be honest, because I thought he was consistent at being inconsistent for both sides. 
more often than not, I, I, as a biased sort of person looking at it, I thought he was very biased towards Aston Villa. There was an incident where we played a really nice bit of passage out from the back through the thirds. I think Morgan Gibbs-White or Danilo plays it out towards Johnson, but Johnson realises offside, so he leaves it. It doesn't interfere with any play. And it, and it goes to Nico Williams. Yeah, his linesman's flagged for offside. But how does Anthony Taylor not see that he's not touched the ball? So it's play on. I mean, if, if Bruno Fernandes is scoring that goal against Man City where Rashford can put a force field around it and not allow Kanji to get to it or make a move because he doesn't know what, what's happening, then something that's 30, 40 yards away from the goal should, should, <laughs> shouldn't be given or anything but I just wanted your thoughts on, on his performance because I thought I don't know I, f- I feel like the refs are no different from the championship in this league I mean I know we say this every week and it's boring to talk about but I feel like we have to Yeah I mean I, 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 what I would say is I think Anthony Taylor is probably one of, he's in the top two I think him and Mark Oliver kind of it's a bit like the Federer and Nadal you've got them two at the very top and then everyone else is kind of some way below I think um, I don't think he was helped yesterday by some pretty woeful um, assistant refereeing, to be honest. Mm. Uh, you've just touched on it there. I just think I think what the assistant had done in that incident was he just slipped back into the old routine of thinking he's offside, so he's put the flag up. And then, obviously, Taylor's at the whistle and the game stops. But you're right. I think Taylor would have got a lot of credit from me there if he'd have just kind of waved the lino down and kind of said, let's play on. He's not interfered. Um, like you say... What riles fans is the inconsistency between one game to another, like you say with the Man United one. But then that's Man United Old Trafford, isn't it? So, like you say, <laughs> yeah, but against we, another big team as well. Yeah, I mean, Villa are approaching the top six now, aren't they? So they're going to start falling into that bracket of of the big six, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I thought the I, I don't think the ref was too bad. I think, think Taylor had an okay game. I think he could have probably had two or three cautions before he actually had his first one. Um, but he he chose to manage, which is fine. Uh, but the, the assistant refereeing was uh, it left a lot to be desired. I thought. Yeah, uh, Christian, we're going to get into the second half now. Uh, an early Villa goal from Chirore through a huge cock up, to say the least. Uh, in a in as calm and mild manner as possible, please <laughs> give give your give your put your analysis hat on that one. What? Was John Joe Shelby thinking? Um, ask his bank account because I imagine there's probably a notable transaction from a Villa funds. <laughs> um, I I generally don't have many words on that. I mean, if you look at the goal, I mean, obviously they, they break down the right very easily, Villa, and obviously Toffler gets a bit caught out, doesn't he? The ball comes mm. across. Yes. But I mean, no, obviously I know we always say, don't we, in football, like stop the cross, stop the goal. That's something you taught at a very young age. And you know, no matter what level you play football, that's as a fullback, you're always taught that. But the inst- I don't actually have much blame for Toflo here because, yeah, okay, fair enough, he's been caught out. But the Forest, the players in the middle of the box of Forest have actually dealt with it. And Navas has parried it back into play, okay? But it's gone to a yellow shirt. There isn't a Villa shirt anywhere near John Joe Shelby. Like, he's got a lot of time. He can even, if he wants to, try and travel with it out the box. That's how much time he's got in space because there's no one around him apart from a few yellow shirts. If he's, you know... He's got a chance to clear it. He can just hammer it into stands. He can hammer it up the pitch. You know, ultimately, we've dealt with the first wave of danger. What he does then is completely fucking inexplicable. I genuinely cannot believe what he's doing. He doesn't even look at Nia Carter. He just plays a simple ball 
and Bernard Troyes goes, all right, cheers, mate, thanks. Won't get an easier goal in his career. And like, you know, this is where I have a huge element of sympathy for Steve Cooper because there are some things, obviously, in the Villa game that, you know, he has to be held accountable for, especially the subs. Again, what Andre Ayo offers at this point in time, I'm really struggling to see. A bloke plays like he's won a fucking raffle to be at the club. I really don't get like you know what he offers or brings. You've got Emmanuel Dennis sat on the bench there as well, who's you know in five starts has got two goals and two assists, doesn't get a look in. Sam Surridge, okay, I've said this several times this pop before that you know a lot of fans are making out he's a much better player than he is because he simply isn't playing. But like Lady said last week, he must be looking at you and thinking, how the fuck is he getting game time? But I'm not. And you know that part is on Cooper, but this isn't ultimately because I. You know, we, we've worked so hard on the training ground. He's obviously come up with a game plan that's worked. It's working really well. We've frustrated the hell out of them. We've killed everything in the crowds. Like, you know, there's no atmosphere. There's a chance for Forest to really grow and build in the second half. You know, we've laid all the good foundations and within three fucking minutes that happens. Like, you can't account for it as a manager. You just can't. Mm. Like, okay, fair enough. Someone can say, oh, yeah, but he chose to pick Shelby, etc. It doesn't matter. You cannot account for someone being that fucking stupid on a football pitch. I honestly, I have not seen from a Forest player a single instance so fucking devoid of any intelligence. Probably since Yates took the ball, spanned 180 on the end of his box, he's rattled one past Samba without even looking to see where his keeper was. I think the Samba instance where he's punched Jagielka is actually less stupid than what Shelby did yesterday. I <laughs> honestly am a complete loss at the how. Like, you wouldn't even expect that from a kid, let alone one of your most experienced players on a massive wage. He can fuck off. I don't want to see him play for Forest again. Like, as far as I'm concerned, he's a fucking bald Harry Arter. Just get him gone. Like, we're at a point now where, like, you know, it's probably because we're staring down the barrel and, you know, we're sort of like, okay, this isn't looking good anymore. Like, it hasn't for some time, if we're being completely honest. We probably are going to go down as a result of, you know, of many reasons why we're going to go down. But yes, it was probably the biggest indicator of them all. And you look at who's actually left in that team that we care about. You know, I care more about a bloke who's playing his football in America at the minute because he's in the 25-man squad than they're like John Joe Shelby. Like, it's ridiculous. Some of the, like, again, recruitment in January is, you know, it might have looked good on paper at the time. It hasn't come to fruition. We've got weaker as a result. We still haven't won a game without fucking Cressing playing in midfield for us. We've regressed the team when he gets in the ball. All he does is just sit deep, take the ball to set the max toes and whack it forward. He's had a few 20-minute spells. You know, this is someone that's been in the Premier League for so many years and he can't even apply the basics of football in Nottingham Forest. Fucking get him gone. Like, and, you know, that goal, as soon as that goal went in, you just knew we were done. We were never getting back into that game. We had to roll the dice. We did try that ultimately, but you know, Villa just like lapped up the extra space. So, like, thank you, and they just saw the game out until they, they picked their moments to pounce. I mean, I asked for mild, but <laughs> I guess that I guess uh, I guess you can't I can't really uh, fault that because you made a made obviously all very very good points. I mean. It was such a shame that I mean I forgot to completely mention that like, Kiai went off early doors in the in the first half for Remo Froyland. I thought he was someone that was was being very very physical, and it was such a shame that I mean I wanted Shelby to get dragged off not long after that, and I thought for for a small period of time he actually started to find balls out wide and whatnot, but he just didn't look asked when he went off. I mean if I think he threw the captain's armband like half heartedly at, at Felipe. Um, but we didn't really offer anything else going forward, did we, Lee? It was more like pop shots from, I think Danilo had a couple, um, couple of poor decision-making, but Cooper tried to change it up, he changed formation to go 4-2-3-1, Tyra Wundi come on, um, Andre Ayew and Mangala come on for Shelby, Danilo and Worrell. Unfortunately, we went down to 10 through Nia Kate getting injured. Um, 
And then there was one chance where I think Owenye looked like he was about to latch onto the ball, but it was great goalkeeping from from Emmy Martinez. But surely that's this is now this that after the goal, it's down to Cooper now to try and get something out of the players. But I did think the formation change actually killed a lot of our of any some sort of momentum we could have going forward, especially like Morgan Gibbs White barely got into the game after that after that change, and he was probably our most influential player. For the first half, I would say. Yeah, I think it's like Christian just touched on there. I mean, as soon as we concede, especially away, we we just we we beat, aren't we? We we just we, we, there's no idea. It's our, our tactic seems to be just throw as many attacking players on as possible and hope that something sticks up there, but it never does. Um, I I thought the subs yesterday were were pretty baffling again. To be fair, I mean. You look at the unused subs we had yesterday, Lingard, Surridge. I mean, I'm not saying they'd have come on and, and banged a couple or anything like that, but surely they're better options than Ayu. I mean, what has Ayu done? It's, it's, it's so strange. I mean, I, I'm a, a big Steve Cooper fan, but at the same time, I'm a bigger Nottingham Forest fan. And I just... I'm kind of... You, you can't defend the indefensible sometimes. And I just think... It's almost like he's almost trying to get sacked. It's come on. I mean, Marinakis must be sat there in the stand if he was there yesterday. I'm not sure if he was, but he must be sat there looking at that bench and thinking, "How much are we playing paying Lingard again?" I, I, again, that's that's not. I'm not. That's not a slight on Lingard. I'm just saying, why is he not getting on ahead of Ayu? I, I just don't get it. I, I find it really bizarre. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if I has got something in his contract that he has to play a certain amount of minutes or something, or otherwise we owe him something, a bit of a sweetener or something. But it's strange. I just find it really odd. Um, and at this point, I'm firmly in the Surridge camp. I, I know we've said on this podcast before, it's like Surridge has turned into prime Batistuta without actually playing for us. But Surridge is a player that will be with us next year. Um, I'm almost certain of that. So why not give him the minutes now? Ayu's not going to be here next year. Um, he'll be long gone when we get... Re- well, it looks like we're going to get relegated, doesn't it? Um, regardless of the division we're in, I can't see Andre Ayu being a, one of our players next year. So why not give Surridge the game time? Um, I, I just find it all a, a little bit odd at the minute and something's not quite right, I don't think. Mm, yeah. Uh, I just want to... I'm going to touch on about the Watkins finishing it off. I mean, it was too easy from Aston Villa. I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted us, I know it was down to 10, but I'd have rather us just try to chuck like a bit of a kitchen sink and lose 2-0 in, in that instance because it was down to 10 and we needed a result. But it was too easy. It was a good finish. And I mean, we did so well to keep Ollie Watkins quiet for majority of the game. And it's such a shame, but it's a nice little finish, but it's just too easy in, in, in all circumstances. But the game's, game's done and, and dusted. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. 
You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There's no slept on it, folks, because of, of, of what we've said at the start of the show and, and what's gone off um, on and off the off the pitch, and unfortunately, in, in, in these circumstances. But we are going to get into some player performances. I've crossed, crossed off John Joe Shelby just now because I think Christian gave us a, a very good rendition there of, of what he generally thought of him and and, and, and everything else. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to give you Felipe, Christian, because I don't think, I think he, we almost mentioned him every week at this moment in time. Yeah, again, obviously we keep saying it, like we've got a team full of Felipe's so who probably wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now. Um, I thought he's a bit unlucky with the second goal. Obviously, like they Villa just made the most of the space. I mean, like he's like said to Paul, obviously losing near Carte. I mean, that in itself is a fucking hammer blow to our chances anyway. But, um, you know, obviously it's, like, yeah, it's, it's difficult to blame the back line flag because obviously they're a man down. And I think he was the only centre back on the pitch at that point, wasn't he, Felipe? So, like, yeah, Fre- Freuler was filling in, wasn't he? Yeah, so I mean, that's disaster waiting to happen, really. I mean, I, I, I can't even get angry at Williams. That's how like, <laughs> and, like the whole it all comes out from his side. But, um, no, Felipe was solid again. Like, you know, just, he just does what he does, and he's very, as a, he's a very class act at the back. You know, when he finally gets the ball, like, you know, he's. Quite skillful with his feet, you can like take like one touch, sort of take away from the attacker and then just lays it off. Very simple, it just gets all the dirty work done as well. And yeah, I mean, it's just very regretful that these could be the last few games because I can't imagine him sticking around in the championship. But I mean, if he does, then fucking hell, we ain't gonna see the goal season. But, <laughs> um, but no, he's he's a class act and um. It's been a joy to have someone of that caliber at the city ground to be able to watch them week in, week out. Like, even amongst all the doom and gloom and shit that's been going on, like, you still have to try and take some positives from what you're seeing. And he is one every week for me, Felipe. And, um, yeah, you know, obviously, depending on what happens, it might be a while till we see a player of that class again in a red shirt. So just have to uh, make the most of it while it lasts, I guess. I just adore his, his aggression. I mean, I don't think, I, I can't remember having a centre half that. He's got so much will and fight about him to to, to wrestle with the centre centre forward. I think it's bloody it's marvelous to watch. But sometimes he gets it right, and sometimes he gets it wrong. Majority of the time, he gets it right. To be honest, but Lee, I'm going to give you Nico Williams. I thought at right wing back in the position that we signed him for. Obviously, we've had his we've gave him his criticism of not being able to play in a back four. Obviously. Christian alluded to even at the start of the season that Marco Silva didn't want to sign him because he can't play in a four. But at right wing back yesterday, I thought that was possibly his best game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, we've said on this pod before, Christian especially, he's not a defensively, he's not great, is he? He's from the, he makes Trent Alexander Arnold look like Berezi, doesn't he? Let's face it. Um, <laughs> he, he really does. He defensively is really poor. Um, but like you say, in that right wing back role, he does seem to thrive a little bit. So, yeah, I think. I mean, let's face it, no one's going to buy him, are they? Um, so he's going to be our player next year. Um, I, th- I think the key with Williams is he just needs to play. Um, <laughs> in that sense, I mean that I'm not saying if if Aurier was fit, I'd play him every day of the week. But I think Williams will get better the more he plays. Um, if if he if he goes into a team next year, I'm thinking more. Um, if he plays for us week in week out, he probably will look okay in that right wing back role. Um, yeah, like you say, yesterday was his best performance for us, I thought. Um, he pops up in some good areas. Um, it's just the end product with him as well, isn't it? He's got to 
kind of improve on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was pretty good yesterday. Um, and like, like we've always said on this podcast, credit where it's due. So um, yeah, he was good. Yeah, I'm going to talk about obviously. The, the, obviously, we talked about the statement. Me, me, Reese, and and Matt Barnsley talked about the statement that was released from Maranakis in midweek, and I think it's really right that you two have a have a bit of a say on it. And obviously, we've now had a game in within the statement. Maranakis has has reiterated about immediate results. So, uh, Lee, why whilst you're here, and I've I've got your sort of thing. Um, what was your thoughts on the statement first of all? And obviously, now there's been a game played since. Um, what what do you think? What's what's the feeling? Do you think around the boardroom and the ownership? I think it's a strange one. I think what the statement does tell us is that the Marinakis hierarchy are very active behind the scenes on social media because I think it's very strange for a football club to come out and kind of release a statement saying there's no news. Essentially, um, Steve Cooper's our manager. Happy days. Um. I think it's a difficult one because the statement was kind of a public backing, but at the same time it said that he's got to improve immediately. Well, to be honest, I think for 46 minutes yesterday, there was an improvement in the performance. Like I said earlier, we went back to basics, a bit like the Brighton game, and I didn't see a goal coming in that game. I genuinely think if we not... If Shelby's not made that fuck up, I genuinely think we get a nil-nil draw. I just couldn't. It, it looked like an end of the season game for me, mm, uh, and we we have been. I think I think it had that sort of feel. I think I know Villa are pushing for Europe, but I think in in their heart of hearts, they probably know that it's it's an ambitious um, push for Europe. So I think we would have got a nil-nil. So in that sense, it would have been an improved performance. I I don't know. I I'm not sure about the statement. I like I say, I just think it shows that. There's someone, whether it be his son or whoever, who, who kind of reads the room a little bit and says, right, let's release something. I'm not sure. I agree with what Henry Winter said in the week. It, they didn't really need to do it. Steve Cooper's the manager, blending to the background, happy days. No news is good news in that sense, I think. Um, I mean, the line about improved performances, they need to immediately improve, just piles more pressure on him. So, all that's going to happen now, let's say we go and get turned over by Man U next week and then by Liverpool, and then they do pull the plug and sack him, the club are just going to look a little bit silly, I think. I, I think they'd have been better off not releasing anything um, or at least not putting that line in. Because by putting that line in, people are going to look at it as though to say, all oh, right, so if we don't improve, you're going to sack him anyway. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, it was interesting PR, let's say that. Yeah. Christian, have you got... Anything to ask, add first and foremost? And do you think Cooper gets the axe before the end of the season, or do you think he might? Do you think, it's a really difficult one because it's hypothetical. Do you think he stay? Do you think he stays and takes us back up, or do you think he maybe gets sacked in the in the summer and we go in a bit of a different direction? Um, it's difficult to say at the moment, Simon. I mean, as for statement, I could. I mean, I. Kind of see both sides of the coin. On the one hand, I do agree with Lee that it was kind of a bit of a PR move and maybe someone is monitoring socials. On the other, it was reported by, you know, obviously the mail came out the story about Patrick Vieira on the day of the game, the Leeds game. Um, that fucking like information thief at Talksport said that he was getting the sack. Like, so I guess when you see reports like that, 
naturally, I think the club in, in that instant, I, I do largely agree. Like you know, you know, news is good news, but equally, I think that would have been a, a cloud that wouldn't have left until unless someone said something at the club. So I think they kind of had to act. They had their hand was sort of like forced at that point because again, imagine if they said nothing. We lost the Villa again yesterday. Like we'd all be assuming the worst, wouldn't we? We'd all be assuming like, oh, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. So at least they've given some sort of clarity as to what's happened. And to be fair, like you know, result, the performance did improve. It was an improvement in performance yesterday. And um, that's probably the best. We've, uh, the annoying thing is, we that's probably the best we played in a while, in a while especially in the first half. Like we looked mm-hmm. like a very good Premier League outfit. We looked like a solid one that was tough to break down, and we looked like one that carried a bit of threat in the break. It's just undone by one moment of fucking lunacy. <laughs> so, so, I completely agree with that. I think we either see that game out nil nil, or even nick something on the counter and win it one nil. The way we were playing, uh, obviously, you can't really count for the Kiyase or the Akase being injured. But the way we were playing, the way we were set up, we, we were in good shape after that first half. We had a very strong platform to build on. And yeah, obviously we've covered the ground. But as to um, this original point, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think if you look at it objectively and sort of take away, you sort of step back from obviously all the emotion, which is very difficult to do in football. And you look at the situation, you say, okay, Forrest and Cooper, Cooper's got three playoff finishes in three years in championship he'll probably go down if assuming he keeps his job um and isn't poached because i mean that's just as likely as him being sacked really um especially with crystal palace assuming they stay up at our expense and we know that c parish is very keen on myra steve cooper so and even brighton to be fair brighton loses erby which could happen they can look at cooper as well so you know it's that's all that's another option and one that the board might consider because you know they'd probably get more compensation for that than they would have to pay out anyway mm. so you know there's probably a few political games being played there anyway but i mean obviously again go back to point i look at objectively three playoff finishes in three years he'll probably have the best team on paper he's had in a championship season so players he's worked with as well for a year like so or more yeah, it's you wouldn't bet against him taking Forrest back up at the first attempt in a similar way that Sean Dyke did a few years ago with Burnley when you know they came up again, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, as some would say, came back down again, and then you know went up and stayed up for seven years. I think came seven at one point as well. So it all depends on the long term viewing of the owners, really, which, as we know, isn't exactly like at the forefront of their mind, it never has been with Forrest. So we'll just have to see, have to see, really. But I mean, I mean. It's feasible he could be sacked tomorrow. It's feasible he isn't sacked at all. I mean, it's it's very difficult to gauge with the owners. I don't really know what conversation they're having. I mean, you know, we know they're very emotive, if you like. They, they run, they sort of do things first and then sort of not necessarily think about later. They've obviously stopped that a bit more this season. It feels like, um, especially in some aspects. But I don't really know what they're going to do. I mean. Like you said, it's it's not conceivable. We could lose fucking eight one against United next week, and he might get sacked after that immediately. Mm. So, or equally, we could lose one nil, put up a great fight, and it was like, oh, okay, that's really unlucky. And he stays keeps his job for the rest of the season. It's sort of like what will be. So, it's difficult again, as we're seeing with other clubs. You know, it's a very very thin pool. I mean, I don't think most Forest fans would want Jesse March. To be honest, I don't think most fans would want Frank Lampard. I mean, obviously, both of them have been recently been hired anyway, but I don't think anyone wants Rafa Benitez. So you, you look at what's available. I don't think anyone wants Bruno Lago. I mean, again, like Matt says on as, as a guest of a week, apart from Harsen Hoot, well, there isn't really a lot out there. I don't think Harsen Hoot will take it anyway. Mm. So you know, it's a complete change in style and to what, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's one they have to weigh up. Uh, I, 
for that reason alone, I think that you know, at least for the time being, it makes more sense to stick with him. But uh, equally, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, yeah, it's hard, <laughs> very hard. I know, I know. Obviously, me myself included, and you, you guys know, I'm one of the most optimistic fans. I try to be anyway, and I kind of think, well, we're not out until until it's mathematically impossible. But I've I've now kind of come to the exception that we are going to get relegated. It's going to be a rather large ask of the squad and the manager to to now keep us up in all honesty. And I know we, it, it's weird saying that because we are level on points with Everton and we are still like a game away from from catching a few teams if results keep going our way. But I just feel like compared to the other teams, we don't play the football that everyone else does. We're not even on the same level as Bournemouth, I would say. I don't that, even think that. it's that. I just don't think the fight's there. Honestly, yeah. I, don't, I mean, you saw it with Shelby yesterday. Like, you know, he's cost us three points. He's sulking off the pitch. So yeah. where's the desire to make up for that? Where's the desire to win the game? Where's the desire to sort of like, you know, their heads just go down far too easily. And, you know, yeah. okay, teams at the bottom lose games. That's, that's that's you know, that's why they are where they are. But the teams that stay up find from fight, find some belief. Look at Everton and the Deitch. They yeah. lost to Old Trafford. They make it fucking hard for them to win at yeah. Old Trafford. They'll leave that thinking, you know what, this game won't just find our season. We'll go again next week. We're exactly the same mentality. We'll be fine. Yeah. And Absolutely. at Forest, you just don't see that at Forest. It doesn't seem to be there, that belief. But, you know, it, it just doesn't... It did seem there at one point. It seemed there, you know, when we were sick, well, after we beat Leeds 1-0, it felt like, you know, we've got a really good knitted team. But a good knitted team that are going to look that way when they're winning games. Mm. What we're seeing now is, you know, maybe a true reflection of what it was. And maybe it's keeping handy work that's kept us in this position anyway. So, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, really. But I just don't think the fight's there. For, I think we're gone as well, for what it's yeah. worth. I think it'll be us at this rate, Leicester and Southampton that go. Yeah. And, you know, again, even next season, that poses problems because, you know, Leicester will probably be in a much better position to get promoted than we will be. So it's going to be hard. Regardless of what happens, it's going to be they're, hard. They're going to lose a lot of decent players, I'd say. I mean, But the money they're going to get from that, let's say they sell Harvey Barnes for 40 million, Madison for 50 million. So they've got 90 million on top of a relegation parachute payment. Mm. But they'll go straight back up in the first attempt. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun league regardless if we're there or not. <laughs> but anyway, I did want to like kind of ask you both. Obviously, before uh, we we get into the Man United predictions and that is if Cooper was to go. I mean, I was having a conversation last night with some friends that Cooper was to go and we're in the Championship. Would you want to go down the route of how Burnley have appointed? Company, obviously, Middlesbrough have got Carrick. Would you still want to go down the route of young kind of coach that's not not long come out of the game professionally, has been coaching a little bit here and there, and, and needs an opportunity? Lee, I'm going to start with you with that one. Yeah, I would definitely. I think uh, Ed coaches are the way forward. I think, um, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly want. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> I was saying yesterday to someone, it's all good and well saying, and this is me kind of playing devil's advocate rather than this is my opinion, but it's all good and well saying, oh, well, Cooper will try and bring us back up. But do we go into a championship season with a manager who might not have won a game for 11 games, 12 games, 13 games, however many it might be by the time we get to the end of the season? It's a difficult one. And do you know what? You could kind of understand the club's mindset with that if they did think, right, that season was a bit of a disaster. You're going to carry the can, and we're going to go in a different direction. Um, but yeah, I would definitely stick with the the head coach um, route rather than a manager per se. Um, 
like like you've just said, people like Carrick have, have gone into Middlesbrough and it, it's clearly working for them, a, a company at Burnley. Um, so, yeah, that would be the direct... I, I mean, I can't give you a name. I think that's the telling thing at the minute. I wouldn't sack Cooper unless there was a, a really good name waiting to jump into the hot seat. Um, uh, that's just my take on it at the moment. Christian, uh, thoughts on the young coach role? It's the- I mean, we sort of forget that we've got a young coach. Like he's only forty-seven or whatever it is, don't we? It's not he's like 40. I think he's younger. I think he's forty-four. Yeah, it's not. Um, actually, yeah, even better. Like, like, it's not like, is. yeah, forty-three. So it's not like you know we've got some like aging relic in charge of the club. I mean, I think Lee touched on it well. I wouldn't worry that Cooper unless I knew there was someone as good as or better coming in. And realistically, that's just not an option on the market at the minute. It really isn't, and it. And to be honest, even for a summer, it might not be the case. I mean, I'm not sure I'd buy the whole thing. Like, oh, you know, he's not won a game in ages. So what's he going to be like in the league below? Because, you know, we know the... We've, like, I think some of you said about it, didn't they? Uh, you watched the Millwall Luton game, didn't you? The 12.30 kickoff, like some of you. Uh, I, are two I teams, didn't, but yeah. Those are two teams chasing for the playoffs, right? And the standard of quality was fucking horrendous. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, we talk about like... I mean, it's quite interesting, actually. One of my dissertation topics at university was like, the, look at the gap between the championship and the Premier League, which is around 2013 14 time. And at that point, like, you know, I mean, I've spoke to a lot of experts, that sort of thing. And, you know, it did look for a brief period, it might be slightly closing. And, like, now, no chance because of the parachute payments, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and, again, this is it. I mean, you're looking at a team, I mean, we're sort of looking at players around us, teams around us. Like, oh, we've got, you know, so and so, we've got X, Y, Z, why aren't we winning games? You've got Leicester next to us with James Madison in England International, who should be starting more games than he is for England, and they belief us. You know, it's not just about like what players you have, it's about getting a cohesive team together as well, because you know, everyone's got good players in the Premier League, everyone's got good teams. It isn't like a championship where you go, you know, you got someone's got oh, you know, they've got like one or two. Would I say to be honest, with you know, the vast exception, maybe Southampton, and even then. I reckon every team's got at least two players that a team in the top seven would want in their club, starting eleven, at least mm. two. Like if you even look at Saints, obviously you'd say Lavia and Ward Prowse. If you look at Leicester, you'd probably say uh, Madison and Tillemans. If you look at Forest, you'd probably say Johnson and Gibbs White. You, know, you look at Everton, okay, maybe not so much Everton, but uh, <laughs> actually, actually no, that's a joke. Obviously, you've got Pickford and Onana. You've got at least two for every single team, and that just isn't the case in the Championship. Look at you know, look at the teams that come up in, like from League One. Like what? Nah, like, <laughs> well, like it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You might get your team obviously because it's so competitive for like the teams like fifth downwards. But realistically, if Forest get relegated, we would be a massive fish in a like pretty pitiful pond. Really, mm. I wouldn't care about what Cooper's record is this season because he's playing different opponents at a much lower level. Yeah. So and, and should you know, keep yeah. and should keep. I would say I, I know there's 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 a, there's a debate and we could have this probably when when it happens and actually is confirmed. But you'd like to think quite a lot of those players will stay and be around. You've mentioned obviously Lewis O'Brien being on loan in America. Yeah. He's one that will piss the championship in my honest exactly. opinion. Exactly, and you know, you've got people like Josh, Josh Bowler as well. I mean, I imagine he'd replace Johnson, for example. You know? yeah. And even then, like even with some of the bigger hitters like Nia Carter and Felipe, it's not a guarantee that we'd lose them. Like because you know, near Carse, especially if he's been injured all season, who's going to take a risk? Yes, of course. So Felipe, someone will say he's been like you know he's in his mid thirties now. Who wants to take a risk? So you know, obviously, 
even even Lolly, okay, we wouldn't lose Lolly, but Richards would be back, assuming he's still actually a human being that exists. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a it's a conversation for another day. But I mean, I'm going to just throw this little number out there because I had a conversation last night. This is going to start some some rotten debate, especially amongst amongst people who hate Liverpool. And you know what's coming now, Stephen Gerrard. Oh fuck off, no. Because, hear me out, managed Rangers, did very well with Rangers, and got a yeah, ball. Yeah, Michael Beale. And then managed in a league that wasn't that great, right? But it's similar to the championship. Rangers are a massive club. We're a decent-sized club. Gerard is a young coach, got connections. No. I, 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 well, well you, you don't know, but he's a name that I... No. He's, he's a name in that ilk of, like, the Carrick kind of... Xabi Alonso now, is up at Leverkusen. I mean, he would have been a great shout. Um... And 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 company that you can go well. He, he's 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 won a lot. He's won things, but yeah, let, let's just it's just a little one. I'll just point out that we won't have to debate it now. But let's talk about Man United prediction. Obviously, next week it's <laughs> a next fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton are our next three games. I mean, That's good fun. I mean that is. I mean we're staring down the barrel. I mean I'm not expecting any optimism here, but there would be very very forest to somehow get a result against Man United next week. It would be. But... Yeah, it would be. Casemiro is going to be back for them. Although Scott McTominay is in really hot form at the moment, so but Casemiro will definitely play. It's just it's just written in the stars. But Lee, I'm going to start with you. Man United at home. Um, how much are we getting beat? <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. That's what it's going to happen. Um, yeah, we're getting beat, aren't we? Let's face it. Of course um... we are. Unfortunately, I'd like to be optimistic, but I've just got I've I've, I've not seen it. Especially I, think we'll, I think we'll score. We, we're pretty good at scoring at home, um, but I think we'll concede four. I'll go four one. Christian, um, <laughs> oh god! So I mean, obviously, the good news is that Rashford probably won't play, which. No, I can't yeah, even put his cap. I, I had the silver line yeah. yesterday. Ollie Watkins as captain yesterday. But I mean, to be fair, that that was a big issue. One of the reasons why we like, you, know, you, you look at the games that we played. Rashford, um, oops, Rashford absolutely decimated us. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a player that quick at Forest. Like um, I remember that League Cup game where he got the ball, and every time he got the ball, like, everyone around you groaned, like, "Oh Christ, like, what's he going to do?" <laughs> like you know, just out of pure fear. And I don't think I've seen that for possibly ever for Forest at Forest really. Um, so. You know, obviously he's a big, big loss for them. They're attacking unit struggles as a result. Casemiro will be back. You know, you'd think so, unless he did, unless they saved him for Europe, because obviously I imagine his first game back will be that Europe Europa League game. Yeah, against Sevilla. So that, you know, I want to be optimistic. I want to say, you know what, the, the fixture list is against Man United. They've got their best attacker out. I mean, he's not just an attacker either. He brings. I mean, we saw it in the um the second leg, of the um the League Cup semi final. Rashford came on, didn't he? He was us up. That first hour or so, where just relying on Weghorst and Anthony Forrest were pretty comfortable dealing with that. I say, you know, they, they didn't really cause us many problems. As soon as Rashford came on the pitch, though, the entire dynamic changed. He ripped it to shreds. But so if he can't play, you never know. He might get a draw. We might make a nil-nil, which mm. you wouldn't expect. But the thing is, even that's just pie in the sky stuff, really, because he's you know, just you know, knowing. I mean. If Shell, if you're a Warhol player, you want to risk of getting a penalty against a team that gets the most penalties in Premier League history. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, heart speaking, we'll get a nil nil. Head speaking, for about four nil United. I think I'm I'm going to be a little bit kinder to ourselves. I think 
like you say, if Rashford's going to be out, that's a big, big win for us. Although you've got a, a, a emerging Jaden Sancho to come in and replace him. And he obviously played yesterday against Everton and got an assist and seems to be getting back to, to full fitness for them. So I'd expect him to play um, in, in replace of him. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. Obviously, like you say, Man United played midweek against Sevilla. They are slowly losing their grasp on fourth place, it looks like, but they will be fighting tooth and nail, you'd imagine, for, for it. Even so, they're even though they're they're probably favourites now for the Europa League, but they they've they've still got a battle on all fronts, you'd say. So I think they'll still put out a very strong side, even though they'd have played Thursday against Sevilla, depending on the result, though, obviously, because then they play the reverse the reverse game later on. So I'm going to say, but I'm I'm still not optimistic at all. I think it will be three one United. I I think we'll get a consolation goal. I don't even think we'll make it that close to be honest in terms of scoreline. We might we might give it a good go for twenty minutes, but I just think their quality will will shine through. Unfortunately, but stranger things have happened in football. It would be extremely forest to get a result. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Red Side of the Trent. We'll see you next time. Come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.